Welcome to tonight's Meet the Producer at the Apple Store, Regent Street in London. Please welcome guest moderator, BBC Radio 6 music presenter, Matt Everett. Hi, how you all doing? Um, I am Matt Everett, as he says. Welcome to the Apple Store here on Regent Street for a very special Meet the Producer. Um, on October the 14th, on Monday, Paul McCartney releases his new album called New, his first record for six years. And uh, so far, all that anyone's heard from it is the first single track called New. But here this evening, you've got a chance to listen to three tracks, exclusive tracks from the record uh, that have never been heard before on these headphones in this amazing store. Uh, what's more, we've got a Q&A and a chat with the executive producer and one of the people behind a bunch of tracks on the record, who I think we're going to invite to the stage right now, Mr. Giles Martin. Good evening. Do we sort of go for the official handshake? Do we do that? Yeah, yeah nice to meet nice you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Um, normally in a situation like this, I'd say to a producer, uh, how, did you, how did you first meet the artist that you're working with? That's not really the same with you, because you must have known Paul forever. All, all my life, All yeah. your life, all yeah. All my life, yeah. So how did I meet him? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, just there. Yeah, he was just there. He was just there. And he's always been... Uh, He's always kind of been there because when I was when I was growing up, my dad was actually was working with him. Yeah. So he would go. My dad would go down to the mill. It's funny actually, me going down to the mill now, and uh, you feel like you know you're trying to avoid. You know, honestly, you're trying to avoid legacy and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you do try and get out of your father's shadow, and eventually you just go. Oh, you know what? It was. It was. It's. It's an honour. You know. It's yeah. actually working with him. I mean, there's the thing. I mean, in terms of legacy and the sort of being in that shadow. It's not a bad shadow, really, is it? If you sort of get compared to... Your work sounds a little bit like some of the greatest recorded music ever. It's like, well, okay, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would go there. No, it's, listen, you just... You, uh, it's, uh, you start off... I, like anyone, you start off doing music and you just hope you get the work. You know? <laughs> that's, that's, that's the way it starts. But Paul, Paul has always been you know, amazing. When I, would, you know, I wanted to do music from an early age and my parents didn't want me to do it. You know, they wanted really? me to get a proper job. Yeah, of course, like any self-respecting adults. And, uh, and, um, my, uh, and I remember going down, and we went down to go and see, uh, I mean, I'm really good friends with Mary and his, his daughter. And we went to go, and go down on a, sort of a play date, if you like. And I was in the car with Paul. And he said, so, you're, so how's the music going? I said, I'm really trying to write songs. And he goes, and it was just the two of us. I can't remember why I was just And he goes, oh, you know what? Keep at it, because I'm Paul McCartney, and I find it really hard writing songs. <laughs> and he goes, and I just thought, you know, that's, that's great. Someone, and I just saw him as being an adult. I just, I just thought, he's encouraging me, so it's okay. <laughs> so in terms of working on this particular project, because you've worked on uh, lots of other stuff uh, outside the Beatles, and also stuff under the sort of Beatles banner in that yep. family, but that's very different to going, going okay, this is going to be a new Paul McCartney album. How did you get involved? How did that step well, Happen. I was aware of the album being made because um, Paul Etworth's quite a good friend of mine. He came to see me and said to me, Paul McCartney's off to work with them. And we had a chat about Paul, basically. He's one of the producers. He's one of the producers, yeah. yeah, and a brilliant producer. And um, I, Paul asked me to work with him um, on... He's written the music for a, for a title track for this video game called Destiny, which is coming out next year. It's basically the the sequel to Halo. It's the biggest release next year. Wow. And he sent me the song and asked me if I'd work on it because it's that sort of more filmic, that's the sort of more stuff what I do. Yeah. So we did that. And we, we, 
And I flew over, flew over to New York to go and work with him. And uh, it was one of those things, typical Paul. He goes, it'd be great if we could spend a day together. And you go, I'm right in the middle of something, but okay. And then they give me the studio. <laughs> I was thinking, that's in New York. Um, and he was working with Mark Bronson there. And we spent a couple of days working on this track. And he goes, I, I really enjoyed that. And then he came back and said, listen, I was thinking about you. And... <laughs> I do because you're the sort of person I can see that sort of crosses the T's and dots the I's. I mean, that's, you know, you know. Okay. And he goes, "Would you finish this album with me? Would you take control and do the album?" And I went. I, to be honest, with you, I was a bit. I thought I really like you, and I've known you for all of my life. <laughs> do I want to be? Do we want to be stuck in the studio together? Because I do. I do, do look after, and I do re Beatles remixes and yep. and. Um, I had that responsibility with the four of them. I did a George Harrison film. That's right. and, and, but I'm just thinking, do I want to be in that? And I was just concerned about him not liking me. I thought, you know... <laughs> you know I, a I'm wonderful not, relationship, I'm, Yeah, ruined. I'm actually not that nice or really any good. <laughs> and and I've, I've, managed to, I've managed to hide this from you for this long. And we started... And it, and it was just really, really good. It was yeah. really good fun. Um, and, uh, and we finished the album. Well, I think we should probably listen to one of the tracks, one of the three tracks that we're going to play. I think would be a good idea. Yeah, good so idea. So, headphones on. And the first track is going to be... We'll talk about Queenie it after. Queenie Eye. Queenie Eye. Hey. There you go. That's Queenie Eye. How does it feel listening back to it as a, as a finished, fully mixed, fully mastered piece? Well, that's a... I mean, I have to be honest. That's a, that's a Paul Atworth track that he actually plays playing drums on. And it's, it was a, uh, it spawned out, which we then took and we mixed out in LA. And it's, it's uh, Paul, actually, Paul Epworth came to play it before, before I was asked to do the album. Right. See, and he, <laughs> he got and, and, and I just thought, it's just great to hear that drive. The thing about Paul McCartney is he's got this great swing to him. Mm. He's, got this, he's got this swagger to when he plays the piano. And... Uh, and that's the next single, by the way, that's coming out. I sound like a marketing person, retail. It's like all good record stores. <laughs> <laughs> I, was thinking, I was just thinking, I was just thinking, this film footage is going to be one of the dullest film footage on earth. People are sitting listening to headphones in like 2001, isn't just it? Just sort of nodding away quietly. Yeah, just nodding away. But yeah, um, and it's, uh, but it's a, I, th I think it's a really killer track. It's a, we, we were going to open the album that we didn't in the end. Yeah. Later on. And that's the, that's the thing about the record, actually. It's, it's got, as, you, as you're about to hear, it's got such variation in it. It's a bit like a Beatles album in that respect. And, you know, it's that thing where you go... It's, it's funny sometimes, and, and I've always tried to avoid it, and I haven't made a record in years and years, so I do, other, done lots of other, do lots of other things. And you just go, you go, this is a bit Beatles-y. And you go, well, that's okay. Yeah, that's all right. That's, that's actually okay. <laughs> that's okay. Who are you trying to be, Paul McCartney? Yeah, exactly. I mean, if anyone can sound a bit Paul McCartney-ish, yeah, it's probably, yeah you've, you've got like, there's like a, is that a Mellotron at the start and the end? Mellotron at the start. And is that's the thing. I mean, that's the thing about working with Paul is you walk into a room and it's like a dream as a producer or any musician. You walk in this room, it's got Mellotron, Rhodes, Wurlitzer, Moogs. It's got all of the original stuff that he used to use and the, the Beatles Celeste is on there. And... You know, it, it's, 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 you walk into the sort of cave of musical <laughs> instruments and, and then you have someone who can play everything really, really well. And so you can just go, should we try some melody on that? And he goes, yeah, right then. And just goes and plays it. It only takes four minutes. <laughs> now, I remember being in bands, it would take years to discuss <laughs> the instruments. But it, it, it's great because it just, it's, it's a really live process. There's yeah. not much sitting around and talking about stuff. You just do it. Yeah. In terms of the experimentation as you're going along, I mean, is, is it 
most bands will have a, a, a very solid idea of how they want the song to sort of turn out in the end. Uh, does he come with like full demos, or is it just I've just got a little idea? I mean, or does that vary from track no, to track? No, it varies from track to track. He he does do demos. It, sometimes he'll do a demo. He's got a cassette recorder, and he plays the piano, plays the guitar into his cassette recorder. And it's one of those like fast forward and wind back, you know. Old school. Like a, yeah, old school. Nice. Do, 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 and he's got one of those. Or he'll do stuff, play around. One of the tracks we're going to play, but we're not. It, he did on. He worked out on Logic, I think. He, he you know, he's got a, a sequencer in his studios, and, and he likes play. He just likes. He's one of those people that just. He loves music, and he likes to play. And so that's what he does when he's not doing anything else. And so he has <laughs> demos of just everything. And there was quite a few ideas floating around. Yeah, you just, you just, we would just sit down and, and talk about how to approach the song, what you know, what we're trying to do, and and, that. and quite often lyrically, you kind of that one's slightly different, and also it's a Paul Edwards one. But you, you, you generally sit down, and you go, okay, what's the sort of picture we're trying to paint? And you've got a really good artist to be able to paint that picture. Yeah. So, should we hear another track? Yeah, let's hear another track. Should we go for? Should go for early days. Early days. I want to give a bit of talk yeah. about. So this, so th it's funny. This is a track that Ethan rec started recording with Paul. Um, that's Ethan Johns, and he, um, and Ethan Furman goes, I think it's just a killer track, and we ended up we ended up finishing because of time, um, which I was nervous about because I had to phone Ethan and go, I'd put a whole lot of stuff on it. Goes, and he goes, Oh, I, I like it. And I think, thank God for that. And we, um, we, it's a, it's basically it's Paul's song. It's one of his favourite tracks on the album, and it's basically him. It's, and I've talked to him about it before doing Beatles stuff, is that a lot of people say they knew what got on. The Beatles had more stuff written about them than any other band. And yet, only the four of them were there. This includes yeah. my dad. Only the four of them were there, and only the four of them know. And they can't, they can't remember everything anyway. <laughs> and so there's a lot of stuff that goes on, and this is his answer to it. And I think it's a beautiful song. So... Um if you're watching this on the video, you won't be able to listen to this, but you can buy the track. But now we listen to yeah. early, days. early days. Headphones on. Headphones on. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's great, that, isn't it? It's, it's quite an emotive, quite yeah. an emotive song. You kind of like there's there's no sort of sort of metaphors or similes. He's just talking about that relationship, and what it was like, and as you say, he was yeah, there. And, and that's the other thing about this is, 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 is the album and what Paul chose to do is working with Ethan. Ethan's great at capturing um, someone. You know, that's what that is what his belief, and he likes the raw moment. He likes that. You know, some would say warts and all. There's no, and it's, and 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 that song's perfect for that. And it's funny, I and mean, we, you know, this is one of those things where they got to a stage, and as I was saying to you, there's a, there's a bit. Of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so there's, there's, there's a very very interesting instrument on this track. Yeah, well, it's, well, it's funny. We 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 were it's we were, we were actually in it. We were in L.A. God, it's, all, it's all very glamorous, and uh, <laughs> in a bus stop, and um, and we were talking about. He goes, "What do you think we should add to it?" And then <laughs> this is this is how good a producer I am. There's a bit where he goes, two guitars upon our back. So I went, we should put another guitar on it because he gave me clues in the lyrics. Nice. So I put another guitar. But then we, had, we <laughs> added, sort of, you know, a harmonium was already there. We added a dulcimer. And then as the song picks up, we put the backing vocals on. I was thinking, it's not enough. Um, we need a bit of rhythm going on here. And Paul's there. We're listening to it again. Paul's going like this. <laughs> I was looking down at me and let's mic up your trousers. <laughs> so, so it takes about, you know, again, 
two minutes. So he walked through, put a microphone next to his trousers, and, and, he, and he started, so we got a sound of his trousers. And he <laughs> said to me, he goes, I hope you're not going to ask me to change the sound by taking my trousers off. <laughs> but, you know, luckily, his jeans sounded good at the time. He had the right jeans for the take, yeah. and so, that's, that's, so that's, that's, how you, that's how we make records. So if he goes on tour, he's got to put those specific jeans in the flight case, take yeah, them from gig to gig. Case jeans, and yeah, then, and then this play the early them. days, we're just going to change the trousers. <laughs> just go and change the trousers. <laughs> yeah. Um, you mentioned you did some of it in LA. Some of it was done at Abbey Road as well. Yeah, we did uh, lots of strings at Abbey Road. We tried to get into Abbey Road uh, to do a lot of it, and it was booked out. What? Uh, wait, wait, so wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Right, right. So, Surely so you, because you've worked at Abbey Road. I'm based at Abbey Road. Exactly. I, I, I am at Abbey Road. He's got a history of the place. Surely he, he's like, he, nah, he lives Paul. nearby. Yeah, Paul, sorry, can't come in. Busy. That's the thing. So <laughs> we did. No, we did. A, we did about five days at Abbey Road. We did a lot of up at Air Studios in Hampstead, which actually is a studio my dad design and build. That's right, yeah. So it's all nepotism rules in the music industry. Um, and then we, we worked a lot down at his, he's got a place down, down near his house, which, we, which is great because he's relaxed. That's where I think that track was recorded with Ethan. And, uh, and then we went to LA. He said, do you want to go to LA and finish the album? I went, no, I don't. <laughs> I can't I wanna, be bothered. I wanna, I've, got, you know, I've got very small <laughs> children. And my wife's been away, away, away working for three months, been left home with two girls. I don't want to go to LA. No, I don't want to. I don't want to lie in. So... So in terms of, of, of Abbey Road, because obviously it's, it's a studio that's got this incredible history, but what is it? Because I've seen pictures of, of the studio. In fact, I think we can probably get some on the screen while we're having a chat. It's, it doesn't look like a particularly remarkable place. It just looks like a room with a staircase in the corner. And it the, just has a, the room just has a it? sound to it. It just has a sound. Uh, we did one track where, again, it's, it's, it's <laughs> we were actually doing strings. We did strings at Abbey Road. Um, and... The, uh, the engineer I work with, we got out the old TG desk, which is what they recorded, at, what they recorded Abbey Road on, the album. It's a very, very um, old, yeah, 60s big sort of mixing desk. Faders. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, I can actually, you know, it's got, it hasn't got many buttons, so it's easy. Just and, big uh, and, and And it just is a sound. It's, 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 it, there's a sound to the room and there's an atmosphere to the room that is just, is just is unlike anything else. Why and is that? Why is it? You think? It's just. I think it's just luck. <laughs> I think so from being in lots of rooms, you can get various people who are much more intelligent than I am. Who go and go. This room is perfect. Same as speakers. These speakers are perfect. And you go. No, they don't sound good to me. And then you can walk into someone's bedroom. Or to, that's actually not someone's bedroom. Rephrase that. <laughs> you're into someone's room, and it sounds fantastic. It's funny. It's just. It just has a thing about it. Abbey Road. Um, and it's. And it's natural for him. It's not as though he doesn't know it. Yeah, this is true. You know. Should we hear another track? Let's hear another track. The third of the three exclusive tracks. I believe we're going to play Everybody Out There. Everybody Out There. So uh, once again, headphones on. <laughs> is that Morse code at the end? It's Morse code at the end. Yeah, we decided to Morse code. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What is it, this it, is it the say? <laughs> Oh, there, you've got to work that out. You've got to work that out. Oh, Maybe okay. say something rude. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, it is. We decided we're going to be allowed to put Morse code at the end of it saying something. <laughs> so we did. Um, and uh, it was funny. I, that, that was a track that he came in and goes, I've got this song. And this, uh, he got the song and he, and he played it to me. Actually, he played it on a cassette, I think. And I went, that's great. And he goes, yeah, I want to do a song that gets the crowd going at concerts. I was like, it's all very well. You know. And it's that thing, you know, and he says, it's, it's, he's, very, he's, he's very funny and honest with me. He goes, you know, you go, and here's my new song. And you can see everyone going off to the bar. And they go, play Lady Madonna. And it's that thing where he just goes, this is a song that I think I can get people to get. So yeah. he kind of wrote a song designed for, 
And we did it in about, we did the whole thing in about, when we, when we initially spoke in, in, the, in the beginning of the year, I said, if we do this, let's just do it so we just do it fast. And if we make a mistake, we'll just do it again. Yeah. Opposed to let's not spend four days on a track. And this track took about five hours. We did from that start all? to finish, yeah. Wow. And the funny is, halfway through, we were doing the track, and we were working quite intensely. His, um, his Mary and Stella's daughters turned up with all of their children. And they were just, it was carnage. They were running <laughs> around the studio. So I said, let's record them just so that they stay still, you know. <laughs> and so, and so we, we put them all around a mic, and that's them on the album, that's them on the, on the record. I mean, it was just, it was just purely. As, as being a parent, it was just purely parental control. <laughs> Practically, so they ended up on the album, and uh, and it was it was funny. The, I remember at the end of that day because he would exhaust us all, and I thought I'm gonna get my own back, you know, <laughs> drink a Barocca. And then I remember at the end of the day, he goes, "That was Beatles pace." I went, "Yeah, that's what I thought you wanted to do." And he's like, "Because oh. because he was doing backing vocals. I think he played guitar, bass, piano. It was a playing drums, his drummer playing drums. But it was it was full on. You know, we just go." Right, let's put some tambourine on here. Let's put some drum overdubs. Bang, 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 bang. And he comes to the room, and I have to, and let's say, I have to have to come up with an idea, you know, as he would, of, of what he's going to play next, because yeah, it would really back. be. And the poor engineer, he'd like look at me, and I go, we're doing Wurlitzer. And he'd go, oh, God, sorry. Paul <laughs> would be sitting there going, huh? Let's do a QA then, because we said we'd get some questions from the, uh, from the assembled audience, from the crowd. Somebody, anybody got a question? Put your hands up. Don't be shy. Question at the start was quick. Gentlemen in the back, there's a mic coming just over to you. What's your name? Where are you from? Uh, James from London. Hi, James. Um, when he does that one-man band stuff, is there always a set way he lays things down or does he kind of mix it up? Yeah. Um, if we're just doing him, and generally we'd be doing him because of, uh, and, and he'll be the only person in the room. It'll, it'll, we'll lay down a rhythm track on a guitar first, so it can swing to it. They'll play drums to um, a guitar or piano. Um, uh, and I mean, in the Beatles, that's what they used to do before click track. Sometimes we do a click track, sometimes we do, do without click track. Um, in the Beatles, when they did Lady Madonna, for instance, he'd have the, he'd, you know, the piano part, and oh, I know this because <laughs> of my other job. Um, uh, on track one, there's, pia there's piano and, and top kit. So Ringo playing hi-hat. And the two of them would just play together in a room. And then they would add drums and bass on top of that. Which is really unusual, Which isn't is it? Which is really unusual. Normally yeah. you do drums and bass first. That's how modern records are made. Um, and that's he doesn't do that. He, because he's got, he's got this sort of... Anyone who's ever played him just goes, he's got this natural sort of time. And, and so it, we, we do try and capture his, that. He's got a swing. He's got a groove. He's got a swing there. Uh, gentleman on the front there. Once again, there'll be a microphone winding its way to you shortly. And then it comes, and there it is. Hi, Giles. Uh, Simon from Surrey. I'm uh, just wondering, um, did Paul ever make um, reference to how your father, Sir George Martin, um, did things during the sessions? Uh, well, you see, after I started working with, I know exactly how my dad worked in the sessions, because I, I started when I was about 15. Uh, no, I think sometimes, I think me and my dad are very similar. Um, in our sort of sense of humour and our general sort of laid-back, mildly posh approach, <laughs> and uh, and I think that I think he, he was actually it's funny. Paul was very respectful. He didn't go, "Oh, your dad wouldn't have done that." I, was, I worked with I remember I worked with someone 
Well, Liam Raymond goes, your dad would never approve of that. And, and Yeah, I'll wait till he, he wrote me a letter and apologised. But there was, there was, there was, there, but there was, there, there wasn't, he was, it's funny, I thought there'd be more of that. But Paul really treated me almost, you know, like, this is Giles and that was George. And I've heard him in interviews, he said that uh, they're both, he, he said, uh, you know, someone asked him what it was, what was it like working with me, and he said, oh, that, they both have the same, they're both... <laughs> he also didn't know because he said I was smart, I think, so he doesn't, it didn't, didn't work that well. But yeah, he did, but I think, I think there is a similarity. But of course, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm not my dad, and my dad's really, really, really good. And I'm just okay. <laughs> so humble. Another question. Do you need someone just right at the corner there? Hello, sir. Yeah, Paul from London. Um, when Paul worked with Ni Nigel Godrich in, on the Chaos and Creation album, uh, Nigel was famously quite hard on Paul and he'd push him quite hard and say, you need to go away and work on that track a bit more, etc. Um, and arguably that created quite a good album. Um, how hard was it for you to maybe say no to Paul or that isn't working, especially given your relationship and all the history? Good question. I think, yeah, very good question. Uh, I think my relationship with him made it easier in a way um, to do that because you have to do that. You know, that's what we talked about before. And you have to do that because otherwise you're not, you know, you get paid for this sort of stuff and you should do your job, you know, basically. And, you, you, you know, you, you have moments. Um, I remember that we, we did it, one of the first things we, first things we did, and, and, and he did a take, and, and, and I didn't go, that's amazing. And he said, you know, and you know, and I said, we should do that again. Cause, and, and I think with all of the guys, he wants, he really, this album is just down to him. There's been a lot of talk about producers. This album is down to him and his drive and ambition. And he really wanted to make a really, really good, his best album he's made in years. That was his, that's what he set out to do and spent a lot of time and effort doing it. And to do that, you have to get people and listen to them. Um, and I think if you don't, if you, as an artist, you know, I was quite surprised at how much he fed off you know, for instance, when we weren't together, he likes to have eye contact. He likes to be, he, you know, I thought a lot of modern day people, they want to be in the control room playing bass. Yeah. And they go, no, I want to be in there. And I want you to, you know, that's the way it works. And so down to him, I mean, I was quite prepared to get fired. Um, but, down, <laughs> but, but, you know, because that's what you have to do. But down to him, it was, it, was, it, was, it was good in that way. Thank you very much. And there's another question over that side of the room. Gentleman on the front there. Microphone coming across the back. Thanks very much. It's Rich, and I'm from Peckham. Um, the question I have is, are there any set pieces or elements to any of the tracks that you developed together? Obviously, Paul came with work that he wanted to create, obviously. Was there anything you worked with together or developed together that you really felt that really worked or was like a hallmark of your own? Uh, no, there's, there's it's funny. There's a track called Appreciate, which, was, which, which transformed into something completely different. As we as we worked on it, and it's always dangerous to get into this conversation of who did what in the studios, um, and you certainly couldn't claim any co-writing co credit with Paul McCartney, um, <laughs> unless you're John Lennon. Uh, we we share the same birthday, and that's about it. Um, but you know, there's you you kind of you make things your own, but you're really you're really you make things his, if that makes sense. So you work on tracks, you suggest various textures, and sometimes I get it horrendously wrong. 
and he wouldn't forgive me for two days. No, <laughs> you know, you sometimes, and it's quite funny because that's the, that's the great thing about it. You can go, let's just try doing this, or let's try, or there's something, you know, it needs a bit more low end in the trailer. Let's, let's try a grand piano, or let's try doubling up, the, doubling up the mood with bass. But quite often it would be, you know, we're both thinking about how to make the song as good as it can be. Even at the mix stage, you know, in the mix stage you go, yeah, so what do you think, Giles? You go, maybe it needs a bit of backing vocal going to the chorus. And we just, we were, we were recording a mix at the same time. We just go and record it. And try, and the great thing about him, he's always wanted to try stuff. Because he's really good at playing stuff, <laughs> even if you're an idiot, which, which occasionally I am, it only takes five minutes. It's not, you know, you know whether it sounds right straight away. So, yeah, you, you don't really, from my point of view, um, I'm kind of old school as a producer. I grew up with a very old school producer. Your job is to, is to, is to funnel these ideas into one mass and, and wrap it up and make it sound good. Another question. There's a very quick hand up just there at the back. And Mike's coming across to you. Hey. Oh, hello, Sean from London. Um, Paul's voice sounds strong on those songs. I wondered, because um, he's over 70 now, I wonder, does he do any work to keep his voice in shape or did you have to do any work with him or does he have a routine for warming up? Um, that's actually a good question. It's funny, he, 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 he's not a great warmer-upper. Really? Because After all this time? Well, no, because he never has been. <laughs> he's very much an on-and-off person. He never... When you, when you press record, he performs. It's, it's a lot of people in studios, they sort of go, I'll just play around for a bit and then we'll do a take. With Paul, it's like, I guess it's, it's, how, they, it's how you started. It's, that's, that's him. Um, vocally... Um, I think his, his voice is strong. His voice is strong because he sings a lot, you know, and he's, and he's pretty fit, you know. He does look after himself really well. Um, and, you know, we didn't spend... But some people, we spend a lot of time doing vocals and getting things right. With Paul, you do takes of songs. Um, occasionally double-track them. You know, we like a bit of double-tracking, and he's always done, you know, he's done it for a long time. Um, so, yeah, they, he, didn't, he didn't gargle and gargle honey and lemon and, and go, you know, you know, what are we going to do and all that kind of stuff. He didn't <laughs> do go, mm, you hear that people do that. Mm. There was none of that. Okay. I just had a quick follow-up, actually. But let me take a second. Um, go on. The, the bass he, use, he uses, does he play Hofner on all songs? Yeah. Does he play his Rickenbacker at it's all? Still, we, we used the Rickenbacker on one track. Um, apart from that, it was Hofner for the whole... And it's funny, it's, it's that... Which is the iconic... It's the iconic the bass. I don't know when I plays the Hofner, yeah. I guess because he, he does, but it's, it does sound great, the Hofner. Mm -hmm. And it's the, st it's the same Hofner. Yeah. You know, it is the same bass, which is kind of weird. It's kind of think, it, he's, it's an icon playing an icon. I've got to record it. <laughs> okay, I'll let someone else have a go. And I had a question over there. There you go. Hi. Well, my name is Sarah. I have a couple of little um, just technical questions. Did you work in Pro Tools or did you go to tape or both? We did both. We did yeah. both. We, we recorded some stuff on 4-track, uh, the original Beatles 4-track. Wow. wow. Um, we recorded... Uh, it, it ends up on Pro Tools. How it gets there. Yeah. I mean, there's a track on the album um, called Everybody's Looking at Her where... Actually, this is a very good thing to say. I might get a, might get a sponsorship deal. We'd, I recorded the verses on an iPhone. Wow. No way. Um, yeah, on an iPhone. <laughs> uh, and uh, and <laughs> because I wanted to get a small, intimate sound. I wanted this kind of weird sound. And, and 
And fair enough, <laughs> the actual quality was a bit too good. It didn't kind of have that sort of sound I wanted. And the then iPhone the, was too good, is what you're the saying. The iPhone was too it's good. Too good. Uh, <laughs> and and the, the, the microphone on these new modern stuff is really, really good. But then, but then, but then, but then in the, in the choruses of the song, when you, when you go and buy the album, the chorus song, I, have, I used a Burrell, which is a tape loop machine, which is used in the Beatles. Very old 1950s tape machine. So, uh, you know, record it, record something, anything. You know, if it sounds good, it does end up on Pro Tools, but the passage to Pro Tools is complex and sometimes dull for people. <laughs> passage to Pro Tools is a good film. Yeah, passage to Pro Tools. It's a good ever an album, actually. It's a good ever an album. And you well, have another question? Okay, yeah, the, the second B part of my question, and I feel bad asking this because it's kind of asking you to like expose yourself, but if you would no, honestly... I will do that. Careful. If you would honestly answer this, <laughs> was there any vocal tuning used at all? No, not really. Uh, occasionally, on some backing vocals, we're done very quickly. We did, right. but um, right. but yeah. It, you know what? The problem with vocal tuning is that you 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 tend to you do tend to hear it quite a yeah. bit. Yeah. Well, sometimes you don't. But I mean, did uh, did you comp though? Did you comp takes or no? Did we comp takes? Yeah. 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 Cool. Because that's you know, that's the same as editing. They used to do that. Right. You know, way back when, Frank Sinatra was edited. <laughs> so damn it, Paul McCartney will be as well. <laughs> Are you a producer? Um, Aspirant. I sort of dabble. I kind of produce my own stuff. So. The funny thing is about the funny thing about going back to the tuning question. You can't tune if someone's doing a live take with guitar or piano. Right. Exactly. So a lot of the stuff with live with guitar or piano, and then I comp the live takes. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes so guitar so and piano. much sense. You have no idea. Old school. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, another question. Another question. Anybody? Anybody? I think we have a final question just over there. I wanted to ask, how many years have you been a producer? And do well, you use many other like, instruments like Logic and I don't know? Yeah, I use Logic, but I use Logic mainly for writing. Uh, I did a film score. The funny thing is I'm, I'm produced by accident. I, I basically do shows and films and stuff like that. And, and uh, my dad was a producer. And I, the last record I produced before this one, apart from remixing, remixing stuff, which I do a lot of, especially Beatles stuff, um, uh, which I use Proto. If I'm writing, I use Logic. Um, uh, I did a film score, which I did entirely on Logic, and then transferred to Sibelius. Um, and I've kind of given up. <laughs> My manager's really pleased buying lots of instruments because um, it's all I've gone. I've gone soft, as it were, and now I have luxury of being able to record strings and stuff like that. So, so yeah, I think that I think it's amazing. I think it's a good thing and a bad thing that you can create any sound you want now. I think um, I think there's still something really good about making your own sounds and recording them and using microphones. So, so limitations are actually quite good because they push you into directions yeah. rather than having 6,000 bass sounds yeah, on the keyboard. Yeah, so we used a programmer called, uh, there's a guy called Toby Pittman. He may be here, are you, Toby? No, slacker. Um, he, uh, he, he works with us on this album and he's, he's brilliant at Logic, fantastic at Logic. Does, I think does stuff down here. And if I go, I want the sound of, I want the sort of, you know, because I'm busy recording, if I you know, want a certain kick-ass drum beat that sucks and goes backwards, he'd provide it for me. And I could do it myself. But there's a, there's a thing where you, I'm working with Paul. Occasionally we do that. Um, but I think it, it, the great thing about music, making music nowadays, you can, you, can, you can make music very quickly. The bad thing, it doesn't mean it's necessarily going to be any good. <laughs> well... For me, just having heard those tracks and the single new as well, it's what I love is the fact that everyone's obviously got synonymous affection and love and respect for Paul McCartney. But this is like this is hearing him 
with stuff that is, you know, I hate to use the phrase relevant today, but it just sounds great. They're, they're very strong songs. Yeah. You know, they're well produced. Congratulations to you and all the guys. Thank you very much. People are excited by this, not just because it's a new Paul McCartney album, because it's a new Paul McCartney album, and it sounds, it sounds good. Well, he, he had a lot of songs, um, about 22 songs, and there's 12 plus a secret track on the album. Um, yeah, 12 tracks on the album. And, uh, and, and it, was, it, was, it, was, it was, I was actually, one thing that scared me, the question over there, I was like going, you know what? I think we spent a long time doing a song. Let's just get rid of it. And we sat down in L.A. and uh, <laughs> tying everyone in the audience. Everybody loves. Uh, and, uh, and, and we, we thankfully, I made a list and he had a list and they were kind of the same. Yeah. Because uh, there is a tricky moment, but they're strong songs. And, and you know, I, I was concerned because you're in it. I was thinking this is, this is, uh, this is actually turning to be a really good album. And I'm quite sort of, you know, I'm happy to be cynical and wrong. <laughs> and then, you know, we, we did one that didn't work as well. And you think, ah, oh, they are really good songs. You know, because they are, each one is, is, it says something. And it's focused, which is great. Well, I've got to say thank you very much for you all for coming yeah, along. Thank you very um, much. You know, it's, you just got treated to three totally exclusive tracks that no one's heard before. So, count yourself lucky. The record is out, new is out on Monday. And then, um, do you know if, if, if Paul's going to be... Playing live, he d it seems to just turn non-stop anyway at the moment, doesn't he? Yeah, really? oh, we talked about it. he's he's the key is going to be playing live over here. He's doing a Radio Two gig That's next right. week. That's right. He's doing a Radio Two gig, I think, and uh, then he'll be touring. But he's going to he also go to Japan and the US, and he's playing. I think he's playing tonight in or tomorrow night in in, in New York. Let's know. go. Yeah, actually, I'm just going. There. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, please give it up for our guest. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you.